0: Welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast. I'm Tim Contenazzo, along with Anthony Kepley, and this is episode number 80 of the Sports Podcast. Glad to have you aboard. Thank you for downloading Tell your family, friends, and enemies, and help promote Radio MVP as we continue to move forward here, and uh, give us a rating and review anywhere you download podcasts. All right, I'll get that out of the way. Anthony, how you doing, my friend? Great. It's good to be back. Uh- A
1: lot going on. We are getting fully entrenched in our high school football schedule. Uh, College football is already approaching conference play, and the NFL is already a couple weeks in also. So a lot going on. And, by the way, there's still baseball being played, and you wouldn't know by the weather outside,
0: but it's less than a week left in the regular season already. The final six games of the Marathon baseball season is upon us. This is it. It starts on Tuesday in Chicago. And then after those three games, we head to Washington, D.C. to take on the Nationals to end the season. And who knows exactly where the Indians may or may not be playing after that. They could be heading down to Tampa Tampa for a a one-game playoff. Oh, our game 163 officially. And then possibly after that, heading out to Oakland to take on the A's in the official wild card Mm -hmm. game. They could potentially host the wild card game. They could potentially miss everything. (laughs) Yes. They could. it, It could be. Tampa ends up winning the whole thing, and you have a playoff with Oakland. Oakland. Yeah. All of those scenarios are out there. Or. I'm not expecting it, but I mean, there's a lot of different scenarios.
1: Or you come home from Washington and play the A's or Rays in a one game playoff to determine who gets the number one wild card seed. That is potential. there. There are so many scenarios, Tim. Um. It's a lot to break down. It's chaos. It's now become a sprint, and not the marathon anymore. It's a it's a dash to the finish line.
0: And if you remember, when was that? Two thousand thirteen. Thirteen. The last, the last time they made the wild yes. card. Yes. Okay. I think the Indians won the last nine games of the 10, season. Ten. Last, games. Yes. Ten games in the season to qualify, and ended up with the number one seed. Yes. In, in the wild card. And obviously, I believe they lost Tampa. Lost Tampa. Yep. Yeah. And Danny Salazar actually pitched that. Salazar, game. yeah, started against he was Alex. was a rookie. Was he it Cobb? It. Was it Alex Cobb who pitched for that? I think it was. Now you mentioned it. I think it was. Because
1: Cobb. they saved Price for the uh, division round, I think.
0: Was I, that right? Yeah, or he just wasn't available. I don't remember the whole story. I, you know, it was a long time ago. Yeah. However, my point is. This time of the year, you have to win out, and I am going to have to look this up just out of curiosity. Okay. But the Indians are currently have 91 wins.
1: 92 and 64.
0: 92 and 64. Even with Tampa Bay. What was last year's record?
1: 91 and 71? 92
0: and 70? Let's find out.
1: Was that it? Indians were 91 and 71.
0: So they've already won more games than they did the previous year. Yeah. Now, if I told you that in April, we'll play your game. Okay. Uh, if I told you the Indians are going to win ninety to, between 92 and 95 games, what would, you, would have been your thought process?
1: I would have said, uh, introduce me to your bartender. I want to know what you're drinking.
0: More than that, I would have said
1: divisional champions. I would have said, what are you drinking?
0: I would have said, if you won 95 ballgames, so you're a divisional yeah. champions. Yeah, because you and I now, sat here. i have here. to go back to our earlier podcast before the season because I think I said around 95 wins. Yeah. I,
1: yeah. And look, when you win 92 to 95 games in a season, more often than not, unless you're playing in the American League East, you should win the division by a couple games. And that just tells you how good Minnesota has been this year. Um, but, Tim, I remember you and I did right before the Indians hosted the Yankees this year. They were twenty nine and thirties. That sounds something like that. They were they were below five hundred when the Yankees came to Cleveland the first time this year. And you and I are you and I were sitting here and we said, best case scenario, eighty five to eighty seven wins probably get you the the wild card. Eighty five days, them wins, and. You're 10-12 games out of the wild card spot. And we also said probably at best 82-84 to wins is what you're looking at. Um, It's been really neat to see lately uh, the fight of this team. That's been kind of cool. We all know the injuries. We we could spend a whole podcast talking about the injuries they've gone through this year. They're well documented. I think the last week, week and a half has been pretty cool to see the fight. Uh, but like you said, Tim, this is what makes baseball really cool. You have you and I could sit here for hours on end and talk about every scenario. We have no idea what the hell is going to happen. We really don't have a clue what's going to happen.
0: Obviously, the games in Chicago mean a lot. I think Rick Manning put it best a couple days ago when he says just win out. Yeah. Your best scenario is just win try out. to win every game and go from there. And every game possible. So if you lose a game, then you win every game from that point on. We'll see. I have a good feeling, you know, this team has an opportunity to sit. So. Now what will happen after that? Who knows? Mm-hmm. However, if I have the opportunity in these quote unquote, play in slash playoff games, wild card games uh, to pitch Clevenger and Beaver, I feel really good about our opportunity. I'm not saying that Savali can't come up and pitch a great game. Mm-hmm. Not saying Plezac may surprise you. Not saying even Pleco. Pleco would get there and end up, you know, pitching very well for you. With that said, who would ever thought I would say Plezac, Savali, and Pleco as part of your starting rotation in March or April? Nobody,
1: nobody at all. I because two of those three guys you mentioned weren't even with the big league roster in spring training. They were with the minor league roster.
0: You know, they were... Uh, they were hidden away from Terry Francona.
1: Yes, and you know what? Hide every pitcher away from Francona for the next ever many years he's here. It seems to be good luck, huh?
0: Uh, seems to work well. Yeah, you know what? It, obviously, we're, we're joking there a little bit. However... He's done a, a masterful job this year. I know a lot of people take aim at him, and I don't get it. I personally don't. He – you can judge every game for on itself and say, oh, he should have done this. Mm-hmm. should have done this. He puts his players in best opportunity to succeed. Players sometimes don't succeed. You know, it's just like the other night. Uh, you know, Perez was, I think, against – Harper. Harper was mm-hmm. – he He was five for five getting him out. Yeah. In his career. And – and it, it, he threw a slider, and he wanted to bounce, and it didn't bounce. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and he went into his hot zone. When's the last time you heard a pitcher say, I want to bounce that pitch? You do. Yeah. And the you know what, though? balls and stuff like that. You you know, go- you, there's there's – absolutely. I've said it many times. I says I want to see him bounce this ball, you know, because that's how you get a, a pitcher off – or a hitter off balance and stuff like that. You throw a low pitch that's going to break into the dirt. Sometimes it doesn't break into the dirt. Sometimes it rises. Sometimes it hits a, a guy in his perfect zone, and he, you know, clobbers the ball. I'll even and say that's just the way it works. I even say this. I didn't watch it
1: live. I was driving home, uh, but I had Hammy on the radio, and then going back and looking at the replay, it wasn't an awful pitch. He didn't. I mean, that's not an awful. No, that's that's Harper that's just, being Harper. Yeah, that's just. Right there, you tip your cap. The guy made a better swing on the ball than you made a he, – he made a good pitch. Nine out of ten times, that's going to be popped
0: up, rolled over In that area, you risk of what happened. Yeah. And that's just – that's his hot zone, and that's – you're going to be one of the best players in baseball. That's why he's the $34 million player.
1: And that's the only – and that's the only big hit he had in the series. You kept him quiet in games one and three. Sands a meaningless double last night with two outs in the – the yeah. first inning, you know, you did a good job pitching him on that pitch.
0: He just, he came back. You're not going to win every pitch. No. You're not going to win every at-bat. You're not going to. Players, you got to remember, batters fail 70, 80% of the time. Yep. And when they succeed, yeah, it hurts. Yeah. When you're a pitcher or when your team is on the opposite end of that. That's just like last night when Pui came through uh, and hit that, you know, double to clear the bases. Or when uh, – Mercado hit his home run. I mean, those things are just part of baseball. Yep. You know, that's the way it works. Going forward, though, you're going to need a big win. I mean, there's going to be a signature win in these six games if the Indians aren't going to make it. Yeah, If that is a dominating pitching performance or if it's a three-run homer in the eighth or ninth inning type thing. A come-from-behind win, yep. Right, or an extra-inning ball game, who knows? But chances are you're going to get that especially. When you head to uh, Washington, Washington. Because you're going to be handicapped. You don't have a DH. So you're not going to have Reyes available other than as a pinch hitter. Unless they you want get to him, put him out in right the field for one game. But you have Puig there in yeah. the right field, And you're not going to put him in left field where he's not comfortable playing. So he is what he is. He's going to be coming off the bench now. Will he... The guy who comes up with the three run dinger off the bench, who knows? I'm just saying it's possible, and we'll we'll go from there. I'm I'm excited. I'm, I'm a you know I'm a baseball fan. This is what you play for. Yeah. As a fan, this is what you hope for. Your team has a chance down at, at the last parts of the season. If you haven't wrapped it up by now, you want to still be in a race. And the Indians are in a race. And I want to give up to the Indians fans because. Major League Baseball did them no favors on Sunday. What an absolute joke that was, wasn't it? They started what it at 6.30, jokes. which is uniquely different. Yeah, you know, So they gave them a, an extra half hour. Those who went to the game, and it was a good crowd. I didn't know what the exact numbers were. It had to be 20,000. It, I was it, looked, it, it looked like 20,000 or more. Let's check real quick. It got have been close to 20,000. And they were loud, and they were into the game. And when Carrasco came in the game... Cleveland fans showed who they are. And that was a phenomenal moment on national TV. It was a ph- phenomenal moment that they give him every time he enters the ballgame. Yep. And that right there, that game tells you why the Indians could be very dangerous going forward uh, if they can make it into the wild card game or into the playoffs in a short series because you can make a switch – just like Francona did in the fourth inning, pull your starter, and all of a sudden, you have a single ball pitcher coming in, getting a ground ball double play to get you out of the inning, and then giving you two phenomenal innings to extend your game. So, yeah, Carrasco how- can play a huge role going forward. I don't know how often they can use him because of his his scenario, however, I love what you have I like a guy that gives some depth. Because
1: we've seen all the time, Tim, and the Indians have lived this. There's going to be a game, a couple games where your starter doesn't pitch bad, but you don't want him to go through length for a third time or a fourth time, and you pull him after the fifth inning or fourth inning. Uh, Plutko wasn't pitching bad last night. In fact, he made a lot of good pitches. and only gave one run. 25,309 last night. So... Like you said, a huge shout-out to the fans that made it because with the Browns at home on their first Sunday night game in a couple years, was it, against the defending AFC champions, it had been very easy for people to be like, you know, like, no, I'm not going. So first, like you said, hats off to the Indians fans for going on last night. Tim, I tweeted out last night after Carrasco induced double play. That might be... One of my favorite moments of the year this year. No matter what happens the rest of the way. A, that's why cancer will never win. Because two months ago, we were we were just thinking, let's just get him back healthy as a person. We weren't even talking baseball. Talking, you know, throwing off a mound, playing catch. It was just, let's get him back healthy. Let's maybe get him back on a team to, you know, have some good vibes. And then for him to come in tough as nails. And make, I mean, a really good pitch, and to get they got to roll over on a double play, that that will be a top five moment in the Indians this year.
0: That was really cool. It was. It was a. It was a great moment, a great baseball moment, a great human moment, and a great uh, baseball moment all in one. So yeah, I agree. It was, a, it was really cool to watch, and it's going to be interesting to see. However, I want to say one more thing about the Indians. You have Carrasco in the bullpen, mm-hmm. and he performed like he did there. How often will he perform like that going forward? He's a question mark. Yeah, you don't know. We just, I mean, he may be lights out. He may be in between. He may be lights out good, bad. We just don't know, and we'll never know. But I'd rather have him there than not there. And the day before... The Indians lost to the Phillies, Mm -hmm. but the best part of that game was Brad Hand came in and struck out three, and Brad Hand looked like Brad Hand again. Now, if that combination of Carrasco and Hand are effective going forward, it could be a very interesting October. If the Indians can get there, it starts Tuesday night. We'll see exactly what happens going forward. Getting Brad Hand back and having Brad Hand against Philadelphia throw his fastball at good velocity, his slider with good break Controlled and it. velocity, it is a major, major benefit to the Indians going forward if they have a full complementary of the bullpen. And in my opinion, and it has been for the last 15, 18 years, the best manager in baseball. Mm-hmm who handles pitchers better than anybody else. And yes, he puts demand on them, and he puts work on them. Mm -hmm. When it comes to situational and putting them in the best scenario to win, Terry Francona over the last 15, 20 years. Let's
1: let's also add, by all reports, Jose Ramirez comes back tomorrow. We have no idea what he's going to be.
0: It's kind of like Carrasco. It's a benefit. Yes. It, It could be... Very similar good to weeks. what Michael Brantley went through a couple of years ago. Yes. Where he came back and he gave you everything, but was it didn't mm. really show up in the box score. It was basically, you know, he played, he gave you everything you got, but, but he, you didn't yeah. get anything major contribution out of him. That's a possibility. Or he could be Kyle Schrober. You never know. Yeah. You yeah. just never know. All you need is two and a half really
1: good weeks. And... And he is very capable of doing that. We don't know. By all reports, we've heard that he is way ahead of the game,
0: way ahead of the rehab, he's looked good. But that's... Ramirez in the lineup over everybody else who's replaced him. Simple as that. And nothing against you, Chang. Nothing against Flattery and all the yeah. others. If you can have Jose Ramirez in your lineup, you want Jose Ramirez, you want to live and die and move on with, or, your stuff, or, yeah, yeah. with your best players. Yep. And as simple as that. And you go with the guys who got you there. You go with the guys who are a major part of your, your success. Yasio Puig is heating up at the right time. So we'll see. I know Puig and his history and all that. However, he has a little prime time in him, meaning he likes big-time moments. He likes the spotlight. He likes big-time moments and in the last 2 3 weeks or last 2 3 games that he's played he's hit
1: we've seen really hard. exactly
0: we've seen some of that materialize and i like where the indians are headed it's i know we're talking a lot of baseball when football season is upon us and we got a lot to talk about that yes however uh, the last 6 games of the season it's absolutely worth it i hope everyone who loves baseball and those who don't pay attention in the next 6 6 days because it is going to be magical.
1: I'll finish this segment with this. There's a guy at work who eats, sleeps, and drinks the NFL. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what he loves to do. That's his passion. He's even excited about these last six games. So i tell you something that he doesn't watch at all. He's, he doesn't hate baseball, but he'd rather watch the NFL, and that's fine. But even he said today, he goes, you know what? I'm a little excited for these last six games. And I said, it's what makes baseball so fun. Because you really have no idea what's going to happen. You know, it, It's you're in a good spot right now. Your schedule matches up with the Rays favorably. Rays still got to go through Boston tonight for one more game and the Yankees for two. Good news, Yankees still have stuff to play for, so they won't be, you know, those games won't be meaningless for them. And the Blue Jays, they get after that. Blue Jays have had a nice run with their offense lately with the three uh, rookies, Biggio, Bichette, and Guerrero Jr. So, who knows? We, we have no idea what's going to happen. Buckle up. It's going to be fun. Buckle up. It's going to be a wild ride. It's going to be a playoff, intense type game every night. But that's what September is meant to be. That's what, that's what September that's what is I keep meant to be. telling you
0: all season long when it's easy to cash in your chips too soon in baseball, it's a long season. There's a lot of ups and downs. You have to ride it out. And the cream flows to the top all the time in all sports. And it will, again, we'll see where the Indians lie here in the next six games. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to it. It's all on the road, which is totally different than years past. Yes. So the challenge is in front of them. Opportunities in front of them. So... Let's just enjoy the ride. Yeah, it's uh, it's a mad dash to the finish here, and I'm ready to have a celebration, and I'm ready to get kicked in the stomach. Yeah,
1: it could go one of two ways, Tim. Uh, Sunday at 7 o'clock. It could be a lot of fun, Tim. Our following podcast, the next Monday, could be a lot, a lot of fun. Or it could be...
0: We're going to have a lot to talk about.
1: Oh, yeah. We're a going to have a lot, lot to talk, to talk about.
0: about. All right. Let's turn the page. You mean they still played football this weekend? We still have football. <laughs> really? We have a lot of football. <laughs> yeah, we did. We have a lot of football to discuss. Uh, let me start with the Browns because they played last night on Sunday Night Football.
1: Man, and you had some thoughts about them that you wanted to get off the show. Yeah,
0: well, the last two weeks... We talked about them. I thought they played, you know, they played the way they needed to play against the Jets to win. Mm-hmm. They had some ups and downs. And, you know, overall, I give them like a C plus in that game. Not, I was not, you know, I'm a tough creator. Not uh, overly impressed, but not. Yeah, I was happy, but not totally to satisfied. Win. Yeah. You, move, you see if you can build on it. I think what we've seen here. Yes. Last night is we've now have ripped the band aid off we found out some of the weakness of this team, some of the strengths of this team, and now it's going to be finding out what this team is made of going forward. I, you know, I talked about how concerned I was after week 1, they could be 2 and 5 at, after mm-hmm. 7 weeks. They're 1 and 2 right now and they've lost two home games. And I preached this in all sports, especially in the NFL, you have to win home games. You don't win home games. You don't make the playoffs. And you have to be a winning team. In the Five and three is a winning record at home, but it's not a, a terrific record at home. Four and four is very – you're hoping yep. for the best, that you have a great road games. You want to be six and two or better at home mm-hmm. because you're playing your three divisional teams – at home, mm-hmm. plus you're playing the rest of the league for the other five, so you have to win at home. Like I said, the Tennessee was a, it was a devastating loss at home last night against the Rams was a disappointing loss. A game where the defense actually played a phenomenal game and deserved to win that ball game. They had three turnovers in that game, and you got three points. That's a killer. You can't have a three and out when you have the ball almost at the fifty yard line after you intercepted the ball. Mm-hmm. That and then, unfortunately, shank punt and the first one of the year. Not a terrible punt, but not a not a, not what you were hoping <laughs> yeah. for. And they go seventy two yards and score a touchdown and take the lead. You come down at the end of the ball game. All the celebration about Kitchen as a head coach has now turned to what I, my concerns were. How is he going to handle it when the yep. game was on the line and what he wanted, how he was going to run his team? Can he be at the moment that you need him to be? He's never been a head coach before at any level. He was the running backs coach last year before he became offensive mm-hmm. coordinator halfway through. Now we have a new quarterback coach, a new running back coach, and a new offensive coordinator. Well, the running game looks good. They don't use it enough. That's the play caller. That goes to the kitchen. The game plan for the offense goes to the offensive coordinator. The offensive line is a combination of everybody's scenario. That is on the front office. Mm -hmm. It's on the coaching staff. It's on the players. So the Browns have an issue at the offensive line. They knew that coming into the season. They believed certain players would, would win that, and they didn't. That was a huge end. They gave Corbin the job when they traded Zet Seisler away. They said, this is your job, and he couldn't win it in training camp. That was a major concern going forward if you're a a Browns fan. The four plays at the four-yard line with, what, 35, 40 seconds left in a game were atrocious because you had three timeouts. And you didn't run the ball once. Well, that's my point. You, you had three time outs. There's so many options. And the options that he chose, in my opinion, never. only one of those four plays had a player in position to make a play, and that was the tight end who went up high to mm-hmm. get it. And it, unfortunately, was knocked away with you know hands yeah. coming up through. But that was an opportunity to score on that play. The other three plays were not opportunities to score. After the game you he heard Kitchen said, I wish I could have run the ball three times and then he was yep. being he was being ridiculous and then he went back and, and obviously corrected himself and said, I should have ran the ball once. Well you had plenty of time to make yep. these decisions. This is what I'm talking about, a rookie head coach. Especially a coach who's never been there before. The question is how do you grow as a coach from here? How we as how does the Cleveland Browns move forward with a rookie coach and a second year? quarterback who has now regressed and the league has caught up to him the rpos work great yes they did that and every time they did an rpo they were downfield yes where he made a decision either to hand the ball off or throw it Mm -hmm. he was making good decisions and it got the ball out quickly and they were moving the ball those plays worked terrific throughout the uh, game i thought the running game they just needed to feed him more. I mean, he had like 85, 90 yards in the game. And against and Chubb, the Rams, that's pretty good. Yeah. And he caught the ball out of the backfield and made truly some nice plays. You know, Chubb played fantastic. They need to feature Chubb more, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm really concerned about Kitchen going forward because when you get down, when he says, I'll take the blame for this and you know, all that being yeah. you know, macho and all that at, at, at the end of the game, yes. Yes. Coaches should take the blame for all the losses. They really should mm-hmm. because you're the one who prepared your team. And when you make a decision that affects your team, win or loss that game, and that's what head coaches do, and that's what managers do, and that's what you know coaches in basketball do. When you do not put your players in best situations to succeed, it should go on to coach. And last night was a game where I thought Kitchen showed his in, his inexperience as a head coach. Maybe part of that inexperience is probably why we had three or four players go down with injuries during practice. Yep. That is a concern going forward. Nothing wrong with being physical. Nothing wrong with wanting to be a physical imperative team. But Sometimes you got to pull the reins back just a little gotta bit. You got to know what where that level begins. And that takes experience. You don't just come in or unless you inherit a great team. Like George Seifert inherited the nineties back in the 90s, and they just took it to a next level and won the Super Bowl going away 15-1. and one. Unless you inherit a great team and you've been part of the organization, all you have to do is keep it moving forward, that's, I want to say, easier. It's just you have a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. to continue to move forward and do a great job. When you're a team that's building – like the Browns are who were seven and eight last year, who turned away turn around their season in the second half of the year. You can't afford not to be at your best when you need to be at your best. And the fourth down decision to run the ball on fourth and nine was one of the worst play calls I've ever seen in my life. Almost as bad as
1: Tim It almost almost reminded me of the play call Penn State ran last year against Ohio State on fourth and fifteen. And James Franklin handed the ball off and there's no right option.
0: You need to run the ball. But that should in that situation,
1: situation
0: That should have been your third down yeah. play, not your fourth down play. Uh, the decision making was it's very, worrisome. It's very worrisome going forward because when you put your team in positions not to succeed and you lose a close ball game, it goes on the head coach. As simple as that. Players make plays. Players win and lose ball games. I'm 100% believe in that. What I do believe is coaches have to be responsible for their decisions, and be man enough to say, "Yeah, I was out coached," mm-hmm. or "I regret what I made that decision." I think second thought, I would do better. In the press conference, when Freddie Kitchen said. I wanted to run the ball in fourth and nine. He's covering his own ass. Yeah, he is. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's okay to admit your mistakes. It's all right. It shows you who you are going forward as a person, and you guarantee respect of your your team going forward. What is not acceptable is not understanding the situations you're in. On fourth down and nine, I know the ball's at the forty-one yard line. Against anybody it, in the NFL, you have to punt the ball away. Fourth yes. down and nine. It's different if it's less than thirty. It's thirty seconds left in the ball game or a minute left in the ball game. You have no choice. You go yeah. for it. I get that, but that wasn't the case. And that's those type of decision makings. The fourth down and nine, and the four passes at the five yard line inside the five. When you make great plays to get down there late in the ball game, you have a young quarterback. Who can make plays, but you asked too much of them yep. too soon, and that's on the head coach, and he didn't even give them good plays to make success. So when they ended up losing this ball game, Freddie Kitchen has to take blame for it, and he should, and he did to a certain level. But he needs to be honest with himself and say, I did not put our players in the best situation to win this ball game. And we cannot do that at home or away, but we definitely can't do it at home on national television and fall 0-2 at Cleveland Brown Stadium. That's just inexcusable to be 0-2 at home. You only have eight games in the NFL at home, you have to win. Now they're going to win out the rest of their home games to think that they're a quality playoff team. Because if you win out there six wins, that means you have to go at least. The idea was always to go 500 on the road. Yep. That's 10 wins. I don't care how you do it, but that's, that's the math. So if you don't get at least 10 wins, it's going to be difficult to make the playoffs. Nine wins. Uh, You're looking at three and five on the road and six and two at home, or you're looking at five and three at home and four and four on the road. That's not a good team. So he has to, there's too much talent on this team for it not to succeed. And, they need to reevaluate exactly what they're doing. One thing I didn't like throughout the game is they never rolled him out left or right throughout the game. They was forced left, yep. or forced right because of pressure. They never rolled the pocket. Never. Well, you didn't have to, one time they did. They didn't even do a n- negative bootleg where you had the player go this way. That's what the Rams did late in the fourth quarter. They had the line going left and the quarterback going right. And what did he mm-hmm. do? He find a tight end over the middle for a big. For a big play, so this is what I'm talking about. You have to recognize what you're doing and play calling. Pressure on Freddie Kitchen going forward is going to be huge. It's not going to get less. It's, it's going to get more. It's amped up now. Expectations are high. You have. I said before expectations were too high, but in the same vein, when you have opportunity to win ball games, you have to you gotta win up. the games. You didn't have an opportunity in week one because you blew it. You were not. Your team was you not, not prepared to win that game, and you didn't. Your team was prepared enough to go on the road and beat the Jets, and they did, and they did it soundly. They didn't do a perfect job, but they did a good job. You came home and took on the defending NFC champions, and you gave up. You held them to three points. Yep. An offense that's one of the juggernauts of the NFC you held to three points in the first half, and you held them to twenty points for the game, and you had a chance to win the tie this ball game up late and have a chance to win it, and you, and you chose. Four plays that does not give you an opportunity to win. It's 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 frustrating as a fan. It got to be even more frustrating for the players who went into work today and have to put that game behind them and get ready for the next game because that is what we talk about it, facing adversity. Yep. how a team reacts. We're gonna find out what the Cleveland Browns organization is made of going forward. This coaching staff and these players because Sundays must win now for them. They've just found out what adversity is, and now they have to deal with it. Yeah, it's
1: mind-boggling to me how you don't give your best players a chance to tie or win the game for you on any of the last four plays. You don't You don't give Beckham a chance. You don't give Landry a chance. You don't give Chubb a chance. And be honest, you didn't give Baker a chance in those rounds they were running, and in the pocket, like you said, run the ball on first down. Even if he gets a yard, it puts in their thought, their mind, they still got timeouts. Chubbs ran well; they can run it and they want to run it. Then you come back the next time, and like you said, a bootleg, and who knows? You probably got one or two guys wide open, or Mayfield can run in the end zone untouched. So you have to at least keep them honest. And if you know anything about a Wade Phillips coach defense, down in that scenario, when his defense is pinned up against the, when they're backed up pinned up against the wall, and the rest of the five, ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time, Wade's coming with zero blitz. He did it in the AFC Championship game when he was at Denver against New England with Brady, and it paid off to, for a pick to win the game. Most often than not. A Wade Phillips defense on the goal line is coming with a zero blitz, ninety nine percent of the time.
0: When and you have Darnold, you don't need to. Too. No, and, no. And, and look, he knew that you were going to throw every down, and Darnold was there. He made yep. he made mince of your offensive line, so you have to do something different. And again, I'll go back to the coaching staff. They either through the offensive quarter suggestions or or the play selections of kitchen it was just
1: not acceptable on yeah it's level. just you
0: can't you can't make those type of mistakes in the nfl and win and they didn't win because of mistakes like that i honestly do believe baker mayfield two exposures were shown in that ball game a he still has trouble reading defenses mm-hmm. and b his size has now become part of the conversation yep. because of the block balls and how they were able to get on top of them quickly, and if any team learn this is a copycat league yep they're going to study that what they did and how he succeeded in last year and what he tried to take those things away it 's now going to be up to Baker Mayfield to make adjustments and get better and it 's a lot to ask of a young quarterback he's facing adversity for the first time as an n f l quarterback so It'll be interesting to see going forward, and, uh, and we're going to find out what the Browns are made of because going to Baltimore and trying to get a win is not going to be easy next Sunday. Yeah, this Sunday against Baltimore and must win, a must win. And it's all divisional games are must win, but this one has a little extra pressure on it. All divisional games are must wins, no matter who you are, where you're at. That's why they they have. That's why you play so many of them. That's why you play six in the division. That's why you play home and away. All home and away series have extra meaning because they matter within your division. It's like you win this game. It's like a two-game swing. Mm -hmm. You go up in the uh, win column, and they go down in the loss column. It's a two-game swing. That's why sweeping a team helps you win divisions. That's why we talked about that before. Divisional games are so important because of your 0 and 2 at home and every game matters and it's up to them now to make that decision whether going forward yeah
1: this is everybody knew the first 7 8 weeks of the Browns' schedule was going to be very treacherous they have not done themselves any favors being one and two you says the copycat league they might need to take a page out of the ravens playbook lamar jackson and use some of the rpos you, you don't have to do all rpos But utilize your strengths. And the best way to settle a young quarterback down, and he still is a young quarterback. It's only his first full year as a starter. He hasn't even started 15 games yet, I don't think. The easiest way to calm him down is lean on your run game. And the Browns have a run game. Lean on your run game, play field position. I know it sounds boring and cliche and ugly, but the Browns' defense played their butts off last night. Without having four starters, their whole secondary was banged up. You hold that offense to twenty points, that's pretty damn good. When you hold the Rams to twenty points without so your starter right. secondary, you gotta find a win the football game. You have to find a way to win the football game. And but that's the thing about becoming a good team. You have to learn how to win. And I think the Browns are in that stage right now. They they're learning how to win. Lean on your run game. Your special teams for the most part have been pretty good. You know, they have been awful. I don't want to say play conservative, but utilize your strengths. You have a running back that can take the ball 20, 25 times. Give it to him 20 or 25 times. Whatever it takes to win the game. It doesn't matter. No breather this week. Uh, the Ravens are playing really well. Lamar Jackson has figured out how to throw the ball the first couple weeks of the year. And the Ravens lost yesterday, too. So they're coming off a loss, their first loss of the year. They're coming home. They don't want to drop two in a row. The Browns don't
0: want to drop two in a row. As you mentioned, this is a big game. And you just mentioned something very important. Browns go into Baltimore and get a win. Yes. They're 2-2. The Ravens would be 2-2. Yes. However, you would be 1-0 in the conference division. And that's what matters. And that's where Baltimore could be up two games on you because Mm – if you go one and four, they will be three and one. And that's the problem. Why I was concerned about losing early because you do count wins in the NFL. And you can, like I said, you can count your losses and find out where you are. You'll be two games behind early Yep, and one game behind already in the division. And you only face them one more time. That's why this is such a huge mo- uh, moment going forward for this team in quarters. Four games, four games, four games. You end up 2-2 two and two. with this start of the first seven games. Maybe not the way you expected. That would be you know, acceptable moving forward. And that's where the Browns can absolutely turn around every conversation we're having this week. But they have to rise to the occasion and play Baltimore at the highest level possible. We're going to find out what this team is made of because this is facing adversity. And you're facing it very early in the season on the fourth game of the year. Now let me uh, give yeah. you an opportunity to talk about your Broncos. Did you watch them this way, on Sunday night? No, there's nothing to talk about. Nothing to talk about. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. I uh, watched the
1: Cubs, Cardinals yesterday. Then I watched the innings. I did not watch any of the NFL. I have not watched. No, I have not watched. Announced in the NFL this year. Uh, don't really well, have a desire to.
0: Uh,
1: I'll say this: seeing the scores, I'm very encouraged. I'm very encouraged by seeing the scores. They're competing. And honestly, that's all you can ask for. Because anybody who expected wins this year is out of their damn mind. <laughs> you have not gotten blown out yet. You've had a chance to win the games, and that's all you can ask for.
0: I, thought, I know it's a loser's mentality, but... But you know what? You have to find a way to get the ball in your playmakers. And if you have Emmanuel Sanders as your playmaker, yep. on the outside, for him to catch, I think it was three passes for, for 10 yards, is Unacceptable, no matter what the case may be.
1: Yeah, when, when Drew Locke comes back healthy, all four start him. And I'll say this too, and I had this opinion last year and it's unpopular, I would trade Von Miller right now. Right now. Where are you going this year, next year, or in the year after that? Nowhere. So you're so Von's three years older, and let's be honest, he probably doesn't want to be there anymore. You know, he's done what he needed to do, and he. Wants a different challenge, and this is a sinking ship. The Broncos are stuck in the 19th century still, and we're in the 21st century. It's time to evolve. The NFL is evolving. You still have to line up and run the ball. Be a good quarterback play. Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, even Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, they're all mobile. You know, I'm not saying have a running quarterback, but I'm saying you have to be able to make plays outside the pocket of... or or on the run, it's not just line up with a single back set or I formation or running anymore. That's not, you know, you don't have Terrell Davis back there. You don't have the days of running the zone scheme as sexy as they were for Bronco fans and as nice to have Olandis Gary and Mike Anderson and Tatum Bell go for a 1,000 yards every year. Those days are gone. They're over. And it's not going to end until John Elway's gone. And look, he was a great quarterback. He's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. He helped you win two Super Bowls. But he's an awful GM. Let's call it like it is. He's an awful GM. And with that said, let's move on to something else. Because I've said all I needed to say
0: about them. You know, it's that time of the year, Anthony, when you're outside of the. A- Ball game. It's yep. going to get a little chilly. I know it hasn't yet, but it's going to get a little chilly. I just take my hoodie off on Friday at the game. <laughs> yeah, well, you're going to need a hoodie. And the place to go is houseofhoodies.com. You can see the, all the hoodies at houseofhoodie.com, or you can follow them on Twitter, which they give away hoodies almost daily. So you want to check that out at H O Hoodies on Twitter. He yeah, run contests mm-hmm. all the time, and you may actually win. A opportunity to get your own hoodie, and they cover it all: the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, the EPL—you yep. name it, they have it. The collegiate level, they can even make your own personalized hoodie. So check them out at HouseOfHoodies.com or on Twitter at Hohoodies, and use the promotional code WR Radio. W-R-R-A-D-I-O, one word, and save 15% off of all your order. That that promotional code, again, is W-R-R-A-D-I-O, and they'll save you 15% on your order, and these are really great hoodies. Next. And I can't tell you, I would not have partnered with this if I didn't really believe these are such terrific Jersey-like hoodies.
1: This past Friday... For the humboldt shuttles game, it was, what, 85 a kickoff? It was in the 80s. It was mid-80s yes. a kickoff. This Friday's going to drop some. It's still going to be in the 70s. Next Friday, Tim, it's going to be low 60s as the high. So uh, those hoodies might be, in, might be coming in handy here very shortly because we all know the Northeast Ohio. It never goes from 80 to 75. It goes from 80 straight down to 50 or 60. And we're going to get that next week. So the uh, I would su- I would suggest and say that that deal is probably
0: going to get a lot of use the next couple of weeks. All right, that promotional code one more time is W R R A D I O. One word at houseofhoodies.com. All right, with that in mind, with high school football right around the bend, do you believe we are headed to week five? Tim, I
1: I've said it. You said it. This is the fastest 10 weeks. I remember sitting here in June and July saying, Tim, we got nine weeks. Tim, we got 10 weeks. Tim, we got eight weeks. And you're like, yeah, we should probably start looking at our stuff. It's time to get those high school football standings out. I mean, yeah. it, it's time to start crunching numbers. I was uh, talking to a guy on the phone Friday night leaving the stadium, uh, trying to break down numbers, trying to crunch numbers. He thought I was speaking Mandarin to him, uh, how they all go. We had a fantastic game Friday night. That was really a lot of fun. Tim, that was probably the best game we've had in a while. Outside of the playoff games we've had the last couple years, that was one of the better games we've had. Two good football teams, two rivals, uh, needing the win for playoff standings. Clean game, only three or four penalties the whole game. Stuthers, I thought, played really well. Hubbard just made one more play. Resetar, the uh, quarterback for Hubbard, boy, he's a... He's a gamer. And then, um, Schreter's running back, Adrian Brown, he's a load. He is a load to handle. I thought, I know you, sh- you shared similar thoughts. Uh, that was just a really good football game Friday night. And we get another one, uh, this coming Friday, Tim.
0: Yes, we do. We have the Bourbon Spartans, and they will be taking on the Cardinal Mooney Cardinals. We talked about
1: circling your calendars for games. This is a game you circle your calendar no matter what your record is, no matter where you're at in the playoff innings, no matter if you have one win or zero wins. A win here Friday night for either side will go a long way. And it will give Bragg it's nice to see the old Steel Valley coming back to an extent. And we've got a couple of Steel Valley games left on the schedule, but this one is uh, – we've kind of had our calendar circle for this one too for a while.
0: Well, let's put it this way uh- – Cardo Mooney plays in the uh, Division 4 in Region 13, and that is the GOAT Rodeo of uh, divisions and regions. Perry Pirates are still number one. They're 4-0. and Cuyahoga Falls, Christian Valley Academy is at number two. The Hubbard Eagles with that big win uh, last week. Vaulted up to number three, the 3-1 and one on the season. Salem still undefeated, 4-0, and is in the top four. Indian Creek is at five. Gerard is at six. Poland with their big win this past week. Now 2-2 two and two is at seven. Chagrin Falls is at eight. And the Cardinal Mooney Cardinals come in at number nine on the outside looking in. Struthers, who lost in that great game to Hubbard uh, last Friday night, is at number 12 just to give you some ideas, and it is going to be a very important game for both Boardman and for Cardinal Mooney. Cardinal Mooney would love to come into Boardman and get this win again like they have the last few years Mm -hmm. because Boardman's going to win some games. They may not win a lot. Yeah, they're not going to go seven and three. I mean, if they do, they're going to win. They're going to start it tomorrow, yeah, or they're going to start. It, I should say Friday with a win over Mooney because they're one in, th- they one in three right now, and they may be one of the better one in three teams in our area. And they lost a lot from last year's team, you know. Their schedule is brutal, you know. But like you just
1: said and I just mentioned, a win Friday night for Borman goes a long way. You know, puts them two and three, and you know, we start getting some positive thoughts of, you know, let's see where we can go. They have still got a big game against Cantor left. On the schedule, that's a lot of computer points. So there are games out there for Bourbon, like you mentioned, Tim, that are big computer point games. Right. And if you beat Mooney, like you broken down uh, so many times, win went over Mooney, Mooney goes on to have a good year. They play a, a really good schedule. Bourbon gets secondary points for that as well. So it's a rivalry game, but it's also a computer point game.
0: Yeah, our Bourbon Spartans... Uh, Opened this season against McDowell. They lost 41-7. to That's McDowell from Pennsylvania. They're Most teams disi- lose 41-7. Yeah, right. Consider a Division One team mm-hmm. in Ohio. Uh, Poland, they ended up winning that ball game on the road, 27-14. They went on the road again to Maslin Jackson, losing 49-14. to And they lost a heartbreaker last week in a thrilling game against Holland, 27-24. At home, they got Cardinal Mooney this week. They finish up their season the five games is against Garfield Heights mm-hmm. who's two and two Warren G Harding which is two and two Ursuline, which is winless but playing competitive football Harding's four games. two and two also and Austin Town fish at three and one and Canfield's at two and two <laughs> that's their final I like you that's a murder had, is wrong. You know, it is it's a tough schedule so there are points available and it would have to start this Friday against uh, Cardinal Mooney going forward. Yeah. So it's going to be a, a really great matchup for both teams because whoever ends up on top is going to be able to accumulate points going yep. forward Quickly. for their divi- respective division going forward. Uh, Bourbon needs to win out to have a chance. Yeah. Then it comes down to pride. You know, once you—I mean—they made I think six and four made the playoffs last year. It'd be tough to do it again this year. It's just the way the seasons breaks down and how wins and losses come and who your teams play. So we'll just have to wait and see long term. I think uh, it's going to be a very entertaining game. We get to go to Spartan Stadium, the brand new Spartan First Stadium. First time for us. Yes.
1: First, First time, time for, for me.
0: Us. The former, uh, you know, graduating from Bourbon in nineteen Second time for me. So... Yeah, uh, it would be the first time I'll be broadcasting, actually, a Bourbon home game. Really? Yep. That's really cool. That is So I'm looking forward to that's that. That's kind of cool. That's really cool. I mean, it was many years ago, so who cares? My you were, household, growing up, for those who know, don't know, it was a mixed house. Yeah, you were many Bourbon. went through Bourbon schools all my entire life. My brothers did, too. My sister went uh, the Catholic riot, went, went to yeah. St. Charles, and then went over to... Mooney for high school so I uh, got a connection to both schools yeah it's it's cool going forward looking forward to it and uh, looking forward to talking to two coaches this week I'm gonna try to stop up and see Bourbon if I have a chance after work maybe tomorrow and talk to their head coach and maybe the athletic uh, people involved to find out you know more if not uh, we'll definitely try to uh, I'm gonna try to get coach uh, PJ fecco uh, on a phone interview before the mm-hmm. game so it should be interesting going forward. I'm looking forward to this week. It's It's been a, a lifelong dream in a lot of ways to to call this game. So I am 52 years old. To call the Bourbon Mooney game is going to be special for me. I'm going to enjoy it. Win or lose, no matter who it is, I guarantee you I will not, I will not tip my hand and be a, a homer for Bourbon, but I will tell you I'm excited about this game an opportunity to call this game of all the games in our area that i have called Mm -hmm. and i've called quite a a lot and i've done this you've
1: called a state championship game tim you've called a lot of regional championship basketball games over the past couple years
0: yeah and it's nothing it's just this is the game i grew up this is a little personal this yeah this is the. there's nothing wrong with that this is the game that you're, when you go to Portman you're, and you're a sports fan, they talk about when you're in first grade mm-hmm. going all the way up. And you know, I've always enjoyed this rivalry. When this rivalry went away about for 10 years, I was disappointed in Portman completely for ending that series. It, it made no sense to me as a sports fan and someone who grew up who had neighbors. who went to Cardinal Mooney, yes. and that's what's made it special. Is it was against your neighbor? It was a kind of a cross-town rival. Uh, I'm so glad it's back for both schools. Obviously, Cardinal Mooney has many rivals because of their success. Mm -hmm. But it's an old Still Valley rival. This is good for the valley in general. It's just it's perfect. This is good for the valley in general. It's just perfect for a Friday night. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you tune in. It's going to be on Western Reserve Radio. It will also be on WRQX AM 600, so you can check it out on terrestrial radio or on the internet, and many ways to check us out, and I can't wait for it. I'm really, really excited about going forward. This is going to be a fun game for me personally. I don't care who wins or Mm loses. I have a job to do. You have a job to do. And it's like, for example, many years ago, Coach Smith, who coached Bourbon for many years, was an assistant for Don Butchie. Mm hmm. Yep. And that's just the way it went. And then when he came back and he had a very successful head coaching career at Boardman, uh, it was, it was late, great Gary Smith. So I'm going to be in that vein. I'm just going to go do my job, do it the best I can, be prepared. And I hope everyone out there who listens to the game just let us know what, what you thought. I, I'm, I'm curious. I, I've, I've never asked for critique before, but I'm more than happy. To hear it going forward. I'm going to challenge you one thing,
1: okay? And I heard this a couple months ago. I watched an interview with Urban Meyer. Lou Holtz he is one of his mentors. biggest mentors. We all know Urban Meyer. He loves Earl Bruce. That was that was his. That's sure. how he got into coaching. Earl so. Bruce and Lou Holtz both told him, Take a moment, wherever you are, any game, to embrace your surroundings. Urban Meyer said to Ryan Day in his interview with him, before the season started, he said, just take 30 seconds and embrace and soak it all in. So Friday night, Tim, I'm going to challenge you for 30 seconds to just soak it all in. Just take 30 seconds and soak it all in because this is – every game is meaningful for us. This is a little more meaningful. This is meaningful for you this week. Next week is meaningful and personal for me. A couple weeks from now, it's meaningful for Matt. So I'm going to hold you this week to just embrace and take a moment to enjoy
0: your surroundings this week. It should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you tune in. AM 600 WRQX on your radio, Radio westernreserveradio.com. On the 365 Vive app at Western Reserve, tune in on your app at Western Reserve Radio. On Alexa, if you have the tune-in app, just say, Alexa, play Radio Station, Western Reserve Radio, and it'll come right up. As simple as that. Join us so many places to listen to it. Anthony will be there on stats. Matt Emch will be your analyst for the game dave ferris will be running the show back at mission control and i will uh do my best to give you the best uh, play-by-play description in the valley so with that in mind i want to thank anthony thank you all for listening to us and don't forget to tune in and download the ice castle report and always give us a rating and review going forward much appreciated as we just finished our 80th episode here of the sports podcast and uh, looking for 80 more and 80 plus more yep. going forward. So for Anthony, who's sitting right across from me in my back porch, I'm, I'm Jim Breeze now, too. It's gorgeous out there. For Anthony, I'm Tim. We'll talk to you next week right here on Radio MVP Sports Podcast.